0: The Gospel according to John, the 21st chapter, beginning to read at the first verse. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way, Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter, Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you they went out and got into the boat but that night they caught nothing just as day was breaking Jesus stood on the beach yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus Jesus said to them children have you any fish they answered him no He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some." So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in for the quantity of fish. That disciple, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his clothes, for he was stripped for work, and sprang into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat dragging the net full of fish for they were not far from the land but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish lying on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, a hundred and fifty-three of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dare ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you girded yourself and walked where you would. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish to go. This he said to show by what death he was to glorify God. And after that, he said to him, Follow me. Follow me. Amen and Amen. After the first Easter, some of the disciples of Jesus had a very difficult time. They didn't know what to do. They had experienced with their own eyes, the sight of the open tomb. They had met Jesus, talked with him, heard him give unto them words of assurance. They had conversations with our resurrected Lord. They had gotten their houses in order. They knew their sins were forgiven. They were given new hope. They were like new children, but after Easter, they didn't know what to do. Should they go out and preach? Sell everything they have and give it to the poor? Should they go to a monastery? Or should they just sit down and wait for the time that Jesus Christ said he would come again? What do you do after Easter? We can identify with that problem, can't we? For Easter, you see, is any time when you have a confrontation with the living Lord. What do you do when all of a sudden you realize God loves you? What do you do when you realize God has forgiven you even of that dirty thing that you did or said? What do you do when you realize God has a plan for you in your life? What do you do when you are filled with new hope, new ideas, a new power, a new strength? What do you do after Easter has come to you? That can be a problem. Peter solved it by saying, I'm going fishing. That's what Peter did, he went fishing. Now that sounds like kind of a joyous thing for us, but please remember, Peter was a fisherman. And when he said, I'm going fishing, James and John, Thomas, Nathaniel, and two others who are unnamed said, good, we'll go with you. See, they they didn't know what to do either after Easter. So they went fishing. And I remind you that this was just not an afternoon of fun or merriment or joy. These men, at least three of them, we know definitely were fishermen. What the gospel writer is trying to tell us is that after Easter, the first thing they did was go back to work. They went back to that thing that they knew best in employment and work for three years they had been away from the ships for three years they had followed Jesus they had listened to him and now after Easter they went back to work and they weren't very successful the first day back at work all night long they fished all night long and they didn't catch a thing not even one little nibble You see, this shows us something else about these men who went back to work. They went back to work, not the same people, but people who had a new outlook upon life. We see this, you see, as the story unfolds. Here's Peter, James, John, Thomas, Nathaniel, and two others who all night had fished and hadn't gotten a single solitary thing. Now I'm sure when Peter was out fishing before Easter, if he didn't catch anything, somebody really caught it from him. I can imagine that man, who is a hero of mine, how howly, irritable, upset he was, and I'm sure Mrs. Peter really knew it at breakfast after Peter had been out all night unsuccessfully fishing. But here we find them after Easter, And he doesn't seem to be too upset that he spent a fruitless night out on the waters. For when an individual from the shore, and remember they did not know it was Jesus, shouted out to them, children, notice that salutation, children, big, hulking Peter, I'm sure it must be six foot three or four, an individual who our Lord nicknamed the rock, here is James and John, two men, brothers, who our Lord nicknamed Sons of Thunder. Here's Thomas, who is as stubborn as a mule, who wouldn't believe, you know, until he saw with his own eyes and touched with his own hand. Here's Nathanael, one whom our Lord said is an Israelite without whom there's no guile. These five plus the other two and Jesus calling unto them children (laughs) I'm glad I wasn't there calling those men children it'd be like calling Goliath look here sonny and they took it they took it they'd gone to back to work you see with a little different type of a spirit they were willing to listen to trusted advice from somebody who had his feet on the ground and when that voice and remember they didn't know it was jesus said unto them children have you any fish and they answered no he said "Cast the net on the right side of the boat and lo and behold they did and they caught a hundred fifty three fish i think before easter if these men had taken any suggestions from anybody who was a landlubber i think it would have been to to tell them to mind his own business but you see after easter these men were willing to listen to the advice of some other people prior to that time they were so stubborn so strong-minded so strong-willed that I think that if somebody had told them how to fish, they would have reminded them that they were fishermen and to mind your own business. But not after Easter. They went back to work. And they went back with the idea that they could trust the advice of somebody else even when they didn't know who he was. And when they found out it was Jesus, you see what else they did after Easter? They immediately went to Jesus. They went to search him out. Good old Peter, impetuous Peter. It says he sprang into the water and began to swim. He couldn't even wait for the boat. The rest of them were in there tugging away, using the oars, pulling the 153 fish behind. But they had to get to Jesus. That's what you do after Easter. You get to Jesus, wherever you think he is. And you let him feed you. Feed you. You let him feed you. Do you catch the difference here in Jesus' operational pattern? Catch the little points, please, if you will. Here is Jesus. And for the first time in the gospel, we find him out in the kitchen doing the work. Now, I love our Lord very, very much. But one thing that I got to say about him, he was most unique in getting people to do the work. Other people. I guess you call it delegating authority. But wherever you read anywhere else in the gospel where work had to be done, Jesus was great in telling the disciples to go do it. Remember when there were 5,000 hungry people out there in the congregation? Jesus said to the disciples, you, you go feed them. And the poor disciples had to find the boy with the loaves of fish, or the loaves of barley bread and the fish. Also the feeding of the 4,000, Jesus said, you give them something to eat. Even, you know, the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord said to two of his disciples, you go to the upper room and you prepare the Passover for us. But here for the first time, after Easter, we see Jesus doing the cooking. We see that it is Jesus who has built the fire. Jesus, it is he who has greased the skillet. Jesus has prepared the fish. Jesus has either baked the bread or gone and purchased it someplace. Jesus has that whole breakfast spread out before the disciples ever came. And then the writer tells us that after he told Peter to go and get some more of the fish and Peter went and got some from the 153 it says Jesus sat there and he fed the disciples bread and he fed them fish that's what you do after Easter you allow yourselves to come to a church or a setting or a situation where Jesus can feed you you allow him through this book which is called the bread of life you allow him to feed you after Easter you you come to this work and you read it asking Oh Lord Fill my mind, fill my heart, and you read it, at least the gospels, and after you read it, you reread it, and after you reread it, you re-re reread it. And you allow Jesus to fill you. We in the church we love to read so many books about Jesus. We love to read the current bestsellers. We love to read all the theories in modern psychology and theology. But sometimes we forget to allow Jesus to fill us. But after Easter, you come and allow Jesus to feed you. And you allow yourselves after Easter. To hear that message which is here, which is in God's word, and which is told over and over and over again, and sometimes we still don't get it, the message that if you really love Jesus, if you really love him, you will show that through the service of love. Love is not love unless it is expressed in service. That's what it's all about. You really cannot love God whom you have not seen if you don't do something for people who you do see. That's the message that God feeds unto us through Jesus. and We find it here in this message with Peter as Jesus was feeding that great fisherman. He said unto him, Simon, Simon, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Then Simon, show me and feed my lambs. Now make sure you get the words correctly. Feed my lambs. In other words, after Easter you're supposed to spend time expressing love by feeding little sheep. That's what a lamb is, you know. A lamb is a little sheep. And I want to tell you something about little sheep. They're restless. You folks, little sheep, you're doing well today, very well. We have members of the third grade, members of the fourth grade, 5th and 6th grade spread throughout the congregation to hear our fine Westminster choir sing. And I want to say, little lambs, you're wonderful today. Sometimes you get ants in your pants, and we all know it. But you're doing great today. It's tough to feed little lambs. They squirm. They get rambunctious. They have a little power of concentration. They like to jump around. They sometimes don't learn too quickly. And if you're ever going to feed lambs, it's hard work. And it takes a tremendous amount of time and a great amount of love. That's one of the things that really impresses me about Bakerstown Presbyterian Church. I can't take credit for it. It was here long before I came. But the interest that is taken in loving and feeding little lambs. Now a part of that interest and love is expressed in a church school that we have in this church that lasts for the little lambs 2 hours 15 minutes every Sunday. And with very few exceptions that goes on 52 or like this year 53 Sundays throughout the year. Now, some of you little ones don't like that. We know it. It's a long time. And if you want to blame anybody for why we do it, blame Easter. Because that's why we do it. Because one of the messages that comes from Easter is, one of the things you should be doing if you love me is feed my lambs. That's one way we try to do it. And two hours, 15 minutes out of a whole week is not that much to use to try to feed you. But there's another reason we do it. And that is because we find that the greatest adult education program we have in this church are our teachers. We have found that the old adage is true that you really don't know the material until you have to teach it. And when you have to teach it, this is when you really grow. And one of the things that really impresses me is the number of people who have accepted the challenge of our Lord to love and to feed little lives. Now, I'm interested in knowing, and... If you've ever taught in the church school of Bakerstown Church or are presently doing so, would you raise your hand? Please. If you've ever, oh boy. But there's one or two of you that haven't raised your hands yet. I wish I had the courage. I wish I had the courage. Legally, within the law of the church, I can't do it. But I would really like someday to say you can't join Bakerstown Church unless you're willing to take your turn in teaching. And I really think we'd be doing an awful lot for the kingdom of God. For not only the little ones, but for the big ones as well. And we have so many teachers here today that I want to take this opportunity to publicly thank you on behalf of the Christian Education Committee and the entire session and the whole family. For you give so much of yourselves to fulfill the command not that I have set up, but that Jesus set up to feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Well then, tend my sheep. Tend. When you read that in the Greek, you find it's the same word as shepherd. If you really love me, After Easter, then, you better make sure you have a responsibility and see to it that you shepherd my sheep. Now, what does it mean to shepherd sheep? You look in the 10th chapter of John's Gospel and you'll find out what the word shepherd means. A good shepherd is one who knows his sheep. Your responsibility is to, to get to know one another, not only the little lambs, but the big sheep as well. A good shepherd is one who hears the voice of the shepherd. And I'm very grateful today that when we came to that offering time, you heard my voice and you responded so generously. A good shepherd is one who stands at the door and doesn't allow evil forces into where the sheep stay. A good shepherd is one who leaves the other ninety and nine after he has taken care of them and goes out and finds that stray sheep and talks to him and carries him back to the fold. A good shepherd is one who lays down his life for the sheep. Simon, do you love me? Then tend my sheep. Simon, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. You see, an expression of love is when we give to one another faith, hope, our forgiveness, and give unto them the ability to take a little pride in themselves and to know what it means to be a child of God. after Easter you see you go back to work not the same way but with a new spirit being willing to take advice and to grow you you come and allow Jesus to feed you and you hear again and again words that you have heard before that love is not love unless it is expressed in service I preach this sermon to you because the Sunday after Easter is very difficult on many people. In land, in churches throughout the land, the Sunday after Easter, there are always less than half the number of people who are in worship the Sunday before. Many people psychologically become very depressed after Easter. Easter is wonderful, but the days after are always seemingly known as down days. And ladies and gentlemen, that's not right. That's not the way it was intended to be. If you check your Bibles, you'll find that Easter is not just the end of Holy Week, but it's supposed to be the beginning of a holy life. It's not just to be the time which is the climax, but rather the time of beginning. Easter is when the church became alive and active by people who took seriously the responsibility to know and to do what God commands through Jesus Christ after Easter. But I can't understand why it is as it is today unless some of us who claim to have a knowledge and a meaning and an understanding of Easter do not fulfill the requirements of what to do after Easter you see some of those people that were here on Easter they don't come back and it's simply they just don't know what all we're talking about and the reason that some of them don't know what we're talking about or the reason why some stay away is because they say that they see in us the things for which Jesus Christ does not stand they see in us sometimes something lacking they do not see in us are going about our work in different ways willing to take advice they do not see us really striving to come unto Jesus and to be fed. They do not see in us expressions of love that indicate that we love the lambs and are feeding them, tending the flock and feeding sheep. Ladies and gentlemen, we can do something about that And I ask, please, if you don't know, please learn today. Because after Easter, there is something to do. And if we expect other people to grow, we too must show them the way by doing what Jesus tells us to do after Easter amen our father and our God you've brought us to this glorious moment in time and we thank you that you are a God who lives and speaks and moves not only in the holy seasons of life but the whole day through help us father to be people who show to ourselves and others that Easter has meaning in our lives. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of His Holy Spirit be in abide with you all now and forevermore. Amen.